This week's show is brought to you by Redmont Vodka. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I do. I'm here to spin records. It's Eric Flowers. Follow me on Twitter at JustLikeWater17. Check out the guys behind the scenes, STC Media, at Switch Coverage. You know, before I pass it to Iva, because I, I normally come in all excited. I'm ready to hear the joke. I had one of those days. Iva, you ever had one of those days where it feels like from the time your feet hit the floor out of the bed, you didn't stop? You was just going yes. and going and going. That was yesterday And then for me. when you thought you stopped, your feet was actually moving. So you was going while you thought you stopped. That's right. That's I had right. that kind of a day. So I'm really, really about to enjoy this today. Oh, good stuff. Take it away, my man. Well, John, my friend. Hey, hey. Tell me a joke. Oh, God. You know, I told this joke to like five people and four of them didn't get it. So... <laughs> I don't know if it's the delivery or if they just don't have a sense of humor because I thought it's hilarious. Okay. Um, all right. So a, a priest and an imam and a rabbit walk into a bar and there's nobody there. They're like, what's going on? And the guy says, well, God, we got all this tragedy and disaster. Everybody's out the blood, at the blood mobile down the street giving blood, you know. Mm. Uh, I'm surprised you guys aren't, you know, doing the same. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, we better go give blood. And so they go down there to the, the bloodmobile, and they're like, oh, we're so glad to see you, but first we're going to have to know, you know, what your blood types are. You know, goes to the priest, and he says, you know, I'm type A. Uh, the uh, imam says I'm uh, AB negative. And uh, go over to the rabbit and say, you know, what are you? And he says, well, uh, I think I'm a typo. <laughs> The whole time I was like a rabbit. <laughs> Finally, somebody laughed. Because yeah. he kept saying rabbit. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and I almost be a rabbit. I rabbi, almost, right? <laughs> I almost hit stop. And was, was like, okay, let's start the recording over because maybe he means rabbi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good way. He, he's just about that stupid where he might call it a rabbit. Good way. Good way. I love me. it. <laughs> we don't he came prepared with his joke yes we don't have to boo him yes Yay. yes all the, big, re- big all the rest boo, of y'all big all boo the rest of y'all. to the mayor boo. boo mayor i'm never gonna let him live it down <laughs> well, well thanks for uh laughing i, I, I appreciate oh i'm telling you i was following i was like surely i got it. I got, <laughs> it I got it all right um john i'm a i'm a star here with you right Hit me up. As I've been talking about who's coming on the show, everybody keeps asking me, you know, I'll name the mayor, I'll say Warden Alexander, Sebastian Cole. People always ask me, well, are you going to have any white people on there? (laughs) (laughs) And so as, you know, the first thing is, you know, shout out to the first white guy on the show. Second of all, do you all do that? Like when when you're putting something together, and you're looking at the pictures on the board or the wall or in an organization. I mean, just keep it real. Do do white people look up and say, "Hey, ain't no black people on here"? Or how does that work? Well, I mean, I, I 
I think they better. <laughs> right, I mean, right. But I think that uh, based on the number of, you know, speeches I've given at suburban uh, civic clubs. Right. Uh, and c- chambers of commerce, not a lot, not all of them do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think that in order just to be, uh, you know, inclusive and sensitive and, and not a jerk, you should probably do that. Right. Um, but because, uh, you know... Uh, we really are better off when we hear each other's voices. Exactly. Exactly. And as it relates to voices, man, your voice has been one of the prominent ones in this city for a minute now. And um one of the one of your biggest fans is my father. Like he oh I mean, as I was coming up, good or bad. You know what I'm saying? He always respected what you had to say. All right? That means a lot. Well, a lot of people don't feel that way. (laughs) You have got to share with me some of your most trying emails and letters and, you know, what people have said to you based off of your commentary over the years. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Where to begin with that? I mean, you know, my favorite was uh, the guy. I mean, this is funny because I had written about, uh, it was about a, you know, uh, right to life issues, as it were, and and, okay. abortion. And, and he, you know, wrote me and told me that I should have, my mother should have aborted me in the back alley with a coat hanger. I remember that. Oh was, my um, god! Which is good. You know, you get you get crazy people every time. You know, and you yeah, get, you get more of an honest to God. I've been doing this for thirty five years, and you get more of it in the last four years than you've I've ever gotten before. And it's more racist. It's more uh combative it's more threatening and uh, i think that it's because you know we've just been given approval yeah they've been given approval right to uh to say whatever's on their mind and uh and forget stability or reason or any of that well i hadn't even planned to go there but what do you have to say about stuff like QAnon and the big lie like we want to say that surely our fellow Alabamian, our fellow American has common sense, but people just seem to be throwing common sense completely out the door. Damn the facts. It's about what they want to believe. Yeah, we have lost the ability to uh, discern big, stupid lies. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we I mean, you know, and are we that stupid or are we that evil i think that's it's one of those two because you're either stupid or you're choosing uh, a path that is destructive for a lot of people and you have to wonder which one is worse you know what i mean because i know which one i think is worse because i got sympathy for stupid people (laughs) yeah but 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 it's stupidity at a you know, at a heightened level, well, like you, we, we're we're comfortable with simple stupidity. You know what I mean? We, but not right. Like, we've been around politics. Both of us have been around politics and politicians for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah. And we know that from whence this stuff originates comes from a very high, very well paid level that trickles down with intention very to true. people who may not have that bird's eye view and who may be willing to suck that stuff up as gospel, just like they did when George Wallace said the same stuff. Man, that's, that's, 
It's pretty dead on as usual, Mr. Archibald. But let me ask you this. What what is a Pulitzer Prize? Everybody talks about Pulitzer Prize winning John Archibald. Well, you know, what is the Pulitzer? What what is the importance of it, the significance of it? Because I want people to respect you and give you your flowers, sir. Well, that's not very comfortable to talk to. But I was playing in a basketball tournament one time to benefit Louis Body Dementia, right, which is a friend of mine has. And, and we got on our team, Trent Richardson from Alabama football. You know, he came in, and one of the guys was introducing him, and uh, uh, and he said, this is John Archibald. He won the Pulitzer Prize. And you know what that is, don't you? And Trent was like, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, the guy, and the guy said, well, that's the Heisman Trophy of journalism. So I, that's what I'm going to take. That's, that's what, what you got to take. That's what I'm going to stick to. But, like, it, it, you know, it's a big old journalism prize that, like any big old prize, is arbitrary as hell. And so the stars aligned, and they gave it to me, and I ain't giving it back. Well, I hear that. Now, since you mentioned that basketball tournament, John, I've heard you play in this basketball league. And it's kind of cutthroat, and I, I I might want in. Tell tell us about you. The tell us about this basketball league. I'm gonna tell you, Beth Shelburne is the one that uh-huh. dropped dropped the uh dropped the goodies on you. So tell tell me about this and how therapeutic it is for you old men. It's just a bunch of old guys. It's not a league. It's just a bunch of old guys that have played basketball every Saturday for the last I don't know eight or nine years now. Yeah, and uh. I mean, it's not like we're good or anything, but uh, we play hard and uh, come away with a lot of injuries. And I would cordially invite you to come play old man hoops with us. Man. You're over 50 now, so you are technically in the prime of your career. Well, well, hold on, John. I don't know where you got that from. I'm in my late 30s. I'm just joking. You'd have to, what, have known me since I was six or seven for that to be the case. Yeah, man, I'm up there. I just had my 52nd birthday in in, in December. So I am going to take you up on that. Now, I know how Beth feels about her husband playing in the league. How does your wife feel about it? Tell tell me about your wife. I want to know about your significant other. Tell us the love story, man. How did y'all meet? All right. So I was uh, I was at the University of Alabama, and uh, Roll I, tide. Uh, and uh, I had had six different majors and didn't know what the hell I was going to be able to do because I couldn't do a lot of the things I set out to do. And uh, when I went, I was going to be a lawyer, and then I went, I'm sorry, I digress, but I went <laughs> and did an internship with a judge and realized that I had courtroom narcolepsy because everything <laughs> Every time they started talking, I started sleeping. But anyway, I walked into the uh, Crimson White, the student newspaper down there, and um, I just fell in love with the business, and I fell in love with her, who was the news editor there, and we've been married for 35 years. And, um, you know, she uh, uh, does not care if I play basketball because she just rolls her eyes and makes sure that we have insurance. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now, um, she, it started with, you know, the Crimson White. Now your son is also involved. What is it like working with your son? 
It's great. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you, you know, a lot of people, you know, in this day and age, people said my son, I, I said my son was going into journalism and people were like wanting to call DHR. But he does, you know, a lot of data reporting and and stuff and and what they call, I forget what they call, the uh, visuals that they would do, yeah. you know, infographics and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, he was there when they gave me that uh, prize, which is one of the most, uh, the best things that ever happened to me. I remember Because you know, he was there, that. he was sitting right beside me, and that was a cool, cool thing. Yeah. And uh, he's good at it. And uh, I, the, I'll tell you one thing, you know, it's a tough business out there these days, but the uh, the world needs good, young, smart aggressive courageous people to find out truth absolutely and uh and uh, i'm proud of him for doing it now you have a daughter as well i have two sons and a daughter yeah what do they do um well my oldest son had uh, uh he, he was in risk management he's a math guy okay uh, and decided he hated it and quit right the moment the pandemic started and uh has is tr- still trying to figure out his other stuff. My daughter's an artist and uh, with a very expensive uh, art degree that she puts to good use at Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my dad. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm proud of them all. They're great kids. I love them dearly, and I do give them a hard time. Good stuff, as and as you should. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna pay some bills, and then uh, when we come back. I want you to tell me about Harvard. Okay. Searching for some delicious barbecue and soul food. Get some at Birmingham's Best at Rib It Up. Located at 831st Avenue North. Call and order today at 205-328-7427. That's 205-328-7427. I am flabbergasted. (laughs) Flabbergasted. My, My 11th grade AP... English teacher, Ms. Diane Frucci would say, eat gads. Shout out out to my nerds that are listening out there. I did not know I was in the room with a Heisman Trophy of Journalism Pulitzer Prize with (laughs) Mr. John Archibald. Well, let me, let me, let me, go ahead. Well, let me just say that my 10th grade English teacher, Ms. Jean Thornton, was was flabbergasted that ha- that happened because she because she eads flunked me in language skills too. I love it, and that would have been at the infamous Banks High School. Banks High School, Man, go Jets, go Jets! I tell you, you are such a loyal uh, alumnus of of Banks High School. If if you know anything about John Archibald, you know about Banks. It, buddy. Was, it was fun back in the day. Look here, we're about to get into playing the dozens real quick. My favorite part. I know, right? Um, pick your favorite charity. Uh, my favorite charity um, would be, uh, I like First Light down, uh, uh, that t- takes care of uh, homeless women down the uh, Episcopal Church, down Presbyterian Church down here. All right. First of all, shout out to First Light. We want to be sure we support them. And if you don't answer a question, you have to make a donation to First Light. Gladly. All right. Now, Alabama Theater or Lyric Theater? 
What kind of show am I watching? <laughs> I mean, these are very specific things. I'm going with the Alabama Theater because it's glorious and it's large. Although, if I want to see a little show, I'm going to go to the Lyric. But I'm I'm picking, for these purposes, the Alabama Theater. Gotcha. Hot diggity dog or Gus's hot dogs? I'm going to go with Gus, absolutely, absolutely. for sure. What are you talking about? I'm hot yeah. diggity dogs. <laughs> Come on. No offense. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't. Tanelia does these questions. I tell you, that was an easy one. <laughs> I'm joking. All right. Four leaf clovers or butterflies? Oh, my God. I, I, I'm a four leaf clover guy. Ran the fastest 40 of my high school career by, when I found a. a Four-leaf clover won that uh, prize two days after finding a four-leaf clover. I'm a true believer in four-leaf wow. clovers. Well, well, you seem to be a butterfly fan, too, but I mean. What makes me seem to be I a butterfly fan? Because You I'm just, post I pictures of butterflies. Just, I do? Yeah. When that's, did when that's, I that's, you got to go I check. I do not recall that. It, it must have just been happenstance. <laughs> must have been. All right. Nothing against butterflies. <laughs> no, no, down with the butterflies. <laughs> UAB basketball or UAB football? Um, I'm going to go with UAB basketball because I'm an old schooler. Gene Bartow. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Rodney Scott's barbecue or Saul's barbecue? I really like Rodney Scott, but I had some Saul's ribs the other day that were real good. And uh, can I not pick somebody else? <laughs> nope, it has to be between those two. I can't pick Rib It Up. I can't pick Carlisle's. I can't pick none of that. Okay, I'm going to hey, go. I'm gonna shout go. out to them all. I'm going to go with Saul's. But we're going to go with Saul's. All right. Unless you got talent or America's got talent. I have never seen either one of those shows, but I've never heard of the first one. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna go with uh, America's Got Talent. Got you. Never heard of the first one. Me either. Hey, Unless you got talent, you don't know what it is. <laughs> now, Books a Million or Barnes and Noble? I'm like, Books a Million has been really good to me. Uh, I'm gonna go with Books a Million. Absolutely, they're the best. And I am sitting here with a copy of Shaking the Gates of Hell. I started it on the. Um, That's the worst thing you can tell somebody, bro. No, I, I started I, your I, book. I started it. <laughs> not, I didn't. Not not. He didn't say I read. He no. said I started. He well, said I, I read, started. I read. It, I, read I, I read. Implicit I read. in that is that I stopped. I, and and now I get to finish this weekend with a signed copy. All right. Yes, sir. Saturn or Iron City. Um. Saturn. Bear Bryant or Nick Saban? Nick. Why Nick? Um, I think there's some more problematic things about Bear. Uh, okay. And, Say and, less. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. Say less. Say, we got the, it. We got it. We the got fish it. market or Nikki's West? I'm going to go with the fish market. I mean, although Nikki's West is a wonder of the modern world. Yes, it is. And someday before I die, if I'm a good journalist, I'm going to find out how many pounds of food go through there every single day. <laughs> you don't know? Shame on you. Glen Iris Dog, Port, Dog Park or Remy's 
dog park at Red Mountain. Get out of here with your Beanie Dog Park. <laughs> I, I'm a Green Springs dog park guy. My Dude. man. You know, as a as a uh, uh, born and raised resident of South Titusville, of course you have to go with Glen Iris. I'm a I'm a, a Glen Iris resident myself, so uh, uh, I am a okay. walking to the dog park all the time. And the final one, being a columnist or being an author, or being a what? Author. Oh my God! It's like uh, you know. Well, you know. I I really love both. Um, being a columnist has been really good to me. But as we talked about earlier, in the state of the world, yeah, and where there's so all of a sudden there's so much opinion and there's so much uh, animosity and everybody's got a hot take. It's less fun to be a columnist than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's kind of nice to say something, step back and say something a little bit deeper. Absolutely. But 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 readers but the readers of columns are are great. Yeah. And they. Uh, they make me want to, you know, do it. So, uh, did I answer the question? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, let me. I don't think I did. He said, if I didn't pick one, I had to pay. Did well, you, one? you, you. I thought you just said author, but you know. I mean, if you want to, if you want to yeah, donate, I, I, some I, money I think if, if to you want to, light. that would be in order. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you didn't answer the question. Uh, being a columnist got me where I am. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, John, uh, I missed you. I really did. Um, when you took your hiatus, sabbatical, um, stint at school, what exactly did you study at Harvard? And before you answer, I got a stupid question to ask, but somebody told me this. When you're a Harvard student, did they really give you an email address that's yours for forever? You you have like J Archibald at Harvard.edu or what? Well, I think it because I was in a one year program. I, mine expires in uh, at the end of this year, I think. Oh, okay. So I will be emailing everybody I know <laughs> from your Harvard. Harvard yeah, and, be sure you send me one. Yeah, and. Uh, the the cool thing about the program was uh, it was a Neiman Fellowship, which is you know brings journalists from around the world to do it, to do it, and they bring you know my wife was able to come and do the stuff too. She was smart enough that she took classes at Harvard and MIT, so she got two oh, email addresses. Wow! <laughs> so she can choose whether to use her Harvard or MIT address depending on where she wants to. Please speak. tell her to send me an email uh, from right. both. Right. I just absolutely have to have that. The geek in me just. Oh, here's one. Do you consider yourself, you know, a nerd in any shape, form, or fashion? There is a right answer to this. I mean... We, we were talking earlier about nerds, super nerds, geeks. I, I consider myself a nerd or a geek. He considers himself a super, was he super nerd? Super nerd. All right. And the other one is aficionado. Well, I mean, I don't think you Which can... Which one would you be? I don't think you can write every day and, you know, not think of yourself as a... At least, uh, you know, I'm certainly a word nerd. And all word that. nerd. Okay. And, but I but I like to think that um, 
But I can cross those boundaries sometimes. <laughs> so you're all of them. I, I, you're a I, nerd, a super nerd, a geek, and an aficionado. And, and people call me a lot of other names, too. <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> so tell, but tell me more about the Harvard program, really. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, we could take classes. Uh, you know, uh, I had a, had a class with Cornell West, which was his last Harvard class, which is amazing. Oh, had, wow. Of course, with E.J. Dion, who's a Washington Post columnist. And mm-hmm. He was great. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it just uh, I was up there. The stated reason I was up there to participate in this program was to look at how we cover crime in the digital age, because I really believe it presents an unfair um, sort of perception of crime because of the way algorithms work. It just keeps putting those things back up in front of people because people read them mm-hmm. and the things that are get most read get most seen and come back and back. So you, I could get arrested today. It would get a lot of page views. It could be dropped tomorrow, but it would still roll back around next right. week. Right. And so people would see a lot more than actually exists. So we have that culture of fear built in, and I think we help p- perpetuate that. Uh, so that's why I was there. But uh, but while I was there, I really got into sort of alternative forms of storytelling and wrote plays and stuff, which I never thought of. I guess makes me a geek for sure. But, um, wow. But uh, they put, you know, it's, it's, I feel like in this day and age when facts are in dispute, Maybe it's uh, through that kind of storytelling that we reach people more. How interesting is that? Hopefully we'll get some produced around here something. I want to be in the play, John. All right. I got a part for you. Just dropping a hint right there. And um, tell me about your the first story you ever wrote. Uh, the first story I yeah, ever wrote was... For, uh, your, your first column. What was it about? My first column, I got no idea. Um I remember the first time I wrote something that people seemed to like. And okay. It, well, I was, was I wrote it for my mother. It was like a a tribute to my mom on Christmas or whatever. Like I was like fourteen or whatever. Okay. And uh, and she stuck it on the wall and kept it forever. And I went back and read it. And I can read it now, and it sounds like me. It's crazy. Really. But um, that is impressive. Yeah. I mean, it it's a uh, um. And, you know, it was that in college, you know, when I started writing columns about crazy stuff about the machine at the University of Alabama. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, I just had a full nerd. He mentioned the machine on the podcast. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, the machine is why I got married, to be honest with you. I, I, in the, I've listened to a podcast yeah. talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And because uh, my wife was in a sorority, they kicked, they told her that she would have to be. That, that she would have to, she was going to get kicked out if she didn't stop dating me and working yeah. for, working for and, and writing for the paper. But anyway, yeah, uh, so I started writing stuff about that, and people started listening, and it was like, damn. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, you know, who am I to have people listening to me? Or, right. Or, and, and that that was the moment. It was like, well, you can, you, can, you can make a mark on the world with the words that you use. Yeah. And... And I didn't at that, you know, it still amazes me that people want to hear what they are, what my, you know, listen to me at all. But, um, but that was it. It was really those columns written in college. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the book. All right. Um, so uh, my dad was a Methodist preacher and his dad was a Methodist preacher and his dad was a Methodist preacher. Which I thought was, was interesting. Preacher, all the way back to the, 
until they were Presbyterian preachers before Methodism was big in this country. Same on my other side of the family. And, and why, why aren't you a preacher? I got a pulpit, dude. <laughs> you got a pulpit. All right. All right. <laughs> and you get to talk how you want to in your pulpit. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I had to wait till my mama was dead before I wrote some of the words in that book. Um, yeah, but, uh, I said that. But you know, and I, I always thought I, was, I always thought we, we were the good ones. You know, we were the good ones. Right. And because uh, I mean, I, I mean, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, about uh, comparison, we were. But uh, when I say we, I mean the family. I mean what sure. I was taught. Sure. And uh, but I was born in April of 1963, just outside Birmingham. My dad was a preacher there, and uh, for at Alabaster Methodist Church, and. I never knew till I was full grown, you know, what was going on downtown. Right. Uh, you know, 11 days after I was born, Martin Luther King was in jail writing a letter from a Birmingham jail, which among, which in addition to, you know, outlining beautifully the need for protest now, mm -hmm. it excoriated the white church for silence on issues of race. Mm -hmm. And um, and I never, for whatever reason, got around to saying, Dad, you know, what right. were you saying from the pulpit? Right. And I had been thinking a lot. Sorry if I go on. T no, stop no, 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 no. I had been thinking a lot about silence, particularly white silence, mm -hmm. and thinking about you know because of the things we've gone through over the last few years. Think mm -hmm. of, it's just and, you know if people of you know you know King was talking about people uh, you know uh, 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 lukewarm understanding or whatever uh, are more frustrating than outright you know rejection, but. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about what he said, and I was thinking about what would have happened if 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 people if white people of goodwill had said this is wrong, from the Civil War to the Reconstruction to Jim Crow to lynchings to bombings to the Civil Rights Movement to now, mm -hmm. what would have changed? And um, and I didn't know, and I was wondering what my dad said in his in his sermons, and and he had died a few years ago, and I never got that chance. But using my great investigative reporting skills, I wandered into my basement and saw the file cabinet that was sitting there marked in giant letters, Daddy's Sermons. Yeah. And so I started reading them. And I read every one of them from the 50s through, uh, you know, to, up to 2000, and starting particularly on those dates of real importance. Yeah. The Children's Crusade. Yeah. Happened to coincide with Children's Sunday in the Methodist Church. So he's preaching on Children's Sunday at the moment in time where thousands of Kids in Birmingham are being arrested, and Martin Luther King's put in jail for parading without a permit. And um, and I was trying to find, you know, words that would uh, make me proud. Right. And I found that the thing that was the loudest was the silence, because he was talking about all the troubles of the world in this critical moment, in this right. critical place in time. Right. And he talked about trouble in Asia, in Africa, in South America, mm -hmm. and not outside the stained glass windows of his own church, or not in the pews of his own church. Right. At a time when that voice really needed to be said. Right. So anyway, that got me started. And isn't that where we still are? Oh, hell yeah. That's, that's, that's the point. The point is not to look back and say, you should have done something better. The point is, you know, I mean, if the person that I admire most in the world did not have the strength, for whatever reason, to say what he believed to be true out loud to a group of people who came to him for spiritual advice, 
I mean, what does that mean for me? It means what do I do today mm-hmm. and what do I do tomorrow? Um, and, and, you know, and that's, that's the point. We have got to get to where the whole of us is more important than our own little circle. Right. Our, our own little corner of the world. And everybody wants to divide us. Politics wants to divide us. Media now wants to divide us. Uh, and we all know that there is so much more that we have in common than that which separates us. It's very small things that separate us, a penis, you know, a vagina, uh, you know, color, whatever the case may be. Is he talking about yours or mine? <laughs> I, I don't know, bro. I do, I do want to say this, and then I'll give it back over to you so you can wrap up, Iva. It's funny. I had no idea what I was going to say to open the show. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is I would expect if I need to cut out the word fuck, I will. But I will. I, I, I will. I would have. I would gladly experience this fucked up, busy ass day a thousand times because, you know, life has a way of being so circular. Things coming back mm-hmm. to you. I, I was thinking back to my days of journalism at the University of Alabama, just thinking a lot about some of the things you've mentioned. I would go through this day a thousand damn times to be in this room and hear this. It's just, you know, so cool to be in this room, and thank you for all you do. And I say that to every journalist I'm able to sit across just because of some of the things that we've mentioned. I just I had to get that. I was itching to get that out there because I was like, man, this is so fucking cool, man. Well, yeah, thank you. He's got to live. What is it? Some about gods, the podcast that you're. Great gods. Great gods. Yes. Um, one of the Reckon South podcasts. You got, y'all, y'all all got to listen to it. It's a very interesting take on um, uh, the machine at Alabama. So y'all keep saying that somebody, <laughs> y'all keep saying that somebody is gonna whoop my ass next month after they listen to this. Well, hey, hey, that's what got me. I mean, you know, that's the best thing you can do to me is threaten to kick my ass over something I wrote because then I know I'm doing it right. <laughs> then you know you're doing it right. Well, I tell you, John. Um, well, I, I'm gonna say this to you, Eric. All right. Um, I am the fucking man. I'm going to have people like John Archibald in that seat, dude. Everybody that comes and sits in this seat is going to be the Heisman Trophy winner of their of their career. And um, I'm just talking, man. Seriously speaking, John, we've known each other a long time, man. We bounce notes off of each other. I slide you a little information here and there. But you are definitely one of the good ones, and I appreciate you for coming. Well, thank you. It's a lot of fun to talk, and uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. And uh, Be sure to tell the wife I said send those emails. I'll do it. All right, then. I want to thank John Archibald for joining us tonight. And you you already said you come back again, right? Absolutely. All right, my man. We want to thank John for coming. We want to thank you for listening. We want to give a shout out to Creed 63. And as always, thank you to UrbanHam.com. God bless.